0: Good morning. I'm really glad you're here uh, for this worship service this morning. Glad you've joined us. Um, I'd like to uh, just give a little recap. We're right in the middle of a message series where we're focusing on a very important question. What what am I doing with my time? We've all been given uh, life. And that's equates to time. Life equals time. Time on this earth. And so we've been asking, rather than asking what time is it, which we ask several times a day, we've been focusing on what are we doing with the time that we have. Last week we looked at Psalm 90, which is a psalm that was written by Moses, a guy that many of us know. We, we know him. And uh, he, he gave us the right perspective on time. That is absolutely crucial if we're going to get the most out of life. At the beginning of the prayer, Moses points out that God is uh, the beginning and end of history. He, he actually is everlasting to everlasting. And what he was saying is he's, he goes into the unlimited past and on through the unlimited future. So generation after generation, God is there. He's our dwelling place, Moses said. And the the thing that you grab from that is, the thing you get out of it is that in the broad scope of history, we don't live long enough to be the main characters in the story. We don't. If we make this life all about us, if I make it all about me, and you make it all about me, then it's just not enough because there's more going on. He's the one from generation to generation to generation that is working out his plan. Moses wraps up his prayer by asking God for help. He asked him for help to number his days aright so that he could gain wisdom. Learning to count our days brings a heart of wisdom, we learned from Moses. And if I learn to do the right countdown with life itself, if I learn to count it down rightly, then I make better decisions about how I use my time and and what I do with my life. So that, that was last week. This week... We're going to look at how to get the important things done. How is it that you accomplish the the really important things? You know, much of the time, I don't know about you, but my my schedule is like trying to manage my schedule is like trying to herd a bunch of cats. Uh, you know, Super Bowl's coming up next week. Uh, the number seven Super Bowl commercial of all time was the one where the Cowboys were trying to herd the cats. It was pretty funny. So we're all waiting to see what they come up with next 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 week. But can you imagine trying to herd cats? I mean, they, they just aren't wired for herding. They're not herding animals. You, know, you, you would have to get them all going in the right direction, in the same direction, in order to herd them. So it, it's chaotic. It ends up in frustration. That, that's how our schedule feels at times. It gets chaotic and it's, it's hard to handle. So today we're going to look at how to focus our lives and how to get the important things done. The key to getting more done is to choose the right priority. That's what you find in Scripture. Um, You you may have seen this illustration that I'm going to use this morning. But it it really illustrates well an important uh, concept. this, This jar here is filled with little pebbles. And they represent the little things that take up time in our lives. The little things like... Uh, surfing the internet, or you get a bee in your bonnet and you want something, you go shopping online or uh, Facebook. You know, you you spend time what my, my daughter calls creeping on Facebook. You know, you're you're looking around trying to see what's going on. You know? that, hey, I I don't know if that's a technical term, but it, it I understand what she's saying there. Um, you know, ne- unnecessary rounds of golf. Some some rounds of golf are absolutely necessary. But there are some that, you know, that aren't that necessary. Um, watching TV. The, these are the little things that, that make up life, that take up our time. Uh, these big rocks here, these represent the more important things. These things are not bad necessarily, but they, they you know, aren't the most important things. These represent the most important things, things like family, family. Um, Things like uh, just your marriage, making sure your marriage is good. Your, uh, if you're a parent, then you know, making sure your relationship with kids is right. Maybe schoolwork, your education, your career, your work, the things you're responsible for at work. Um, uh, church life, personal growth, health. You can see they they aren't fitting in because we put the little things in first. But if you go the other direction, you take the big things, the big rocks in your life, and you put them in first, and we'll see what happens. These, These represent all those more important things in our life that will really help us make the right kind of progress in our lives. And, you know, you're just hoping that I don't break something, are not you? Me too. <laughs> These are the uh, more important things that I was talking about. You put those in first, watch what happens. Really, more than enough room if you use the right priority in putting that in the jar. That's a a great picture of life. And here's the big concept. Priority determines capacity. The priority that you give things. If we're going to use our time well, then we have to prioritize correctly. We have to determine what's most important. What is most important, or really who is most important? What are the big rocks in my life? Instead of continually adding things to our schedule without thinking, we have to decide what is it that's going to be the most important thing to me. We have to start prioritizing. When we just keep adding things without giving it much thought, we shrink the amount of time that we have for the most important things, and they suffer and they don't, they don't fit in the jar of the day or the week or whatever block of time we're looking at. You, you and I live in a world where we're forced to constantly prioritize because things are coming at us from all kinds of directions. We're, we're getting messages, literally, you know, text messages or, or phone calls or things that are calling us to give time to them. You and I must decide what's most important and live for that. Imagine what your life would be like if, if you had things in the right order and you were enjoying the life that you really want to enjoy. What, what would life be like? Roll the video of that in your mind. Everything's in order. You're making the right kind of progress and the most important things in your life. Imagine what that would be like. The key to experiencing the kind of life where we're making progress in the right things is putting the big rocks in first. I, I heard a guy say it's, you draw a block of time. You look, I like to look at my week. That's kind of how I plan my life. In light of the year that's coming up, the years that are coming up, the month, whatever it is, <clears throat> I look at a week, and someone told me a long time ago, draw a fence of time around the most important things. People that you're going to spend time with things you're going to try to accomplish. Draw a fence around time and and keep that to the best of your ability. Now, what's going to happen is you're going to plan your week. It's going to get blown to pieces. You're, there are going to be interruptions. There are going to be obstacles. There are going to be things you're having to deal with. But if you've got the fence around it, you know when you've broken through the fence and you just adjust. You, you find another time to do that. That's the same idea. You put those important things in the jar first, and then you can begin to make progress, the kind of progress that you want. So that's what we're talking about this morning. And the Bible tells us what should go in the jar first. It, it, it says, seeking God first brings the right things into focus. And, that, and that's obviously what we're all about here at CIV, at Church of Valley. We're, we're talking about how to follow God and how to make him first. So if you're investigating what it means to follow Christ... This will give you a more, maybe a more clear picture of, of what that's all about. But there's a principle in the Bible uh, on this with a promise that's attached to it, and that's what we're going to look at. First of all, we're going to look at the principle, and then later we're going to look at the promise. In the verses we're looking at, the word seek is used. And the way this word is, is used, seek, in both the Old Testament and the New Testament it means priority. It's, it's like the Bible word for priority in these verses we're looking at. So listen uh, to Psalm 63.1. A Psalm of David when he was in the desert of Judah. O oh God, you are my God. He's in the desert, remember, so this probably is reflected in his prayer. O oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you my body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water so david is in the middle of the desert he's there because he's he's a war hero who has not been appreciated he has not been appreciated by king saul because he became a threat to the security of his kingdom saul began to be concerned that everybody was going to follow king david and so he began to try to hunt him down to take him out and get rid of that threat to his kingdom so That's what's going on. David is in the middle of the desert of Judah. And rather than running through his mind all of the ways that he's going to make sure that he gets appreciated in Israel, which would have led to spinning his wheels and wasting his time, he he turns to God. He focuses on him. And he says, earnestly, I seek you. To earnestly seek, literally, it was written in Hebrew to begin with, it, it it literally means to seek early or earnestly or to look early or diligently for something now we seek all kinds of things we seek the approval of our friends we seek the approval of maybe our parents our boss our spouse that's something we seek Some, sometimes we seek we seek money uh, usually it's the stuff money can buy we're not just after the money but we want the stuff so we we try to get the money. We we seek something, a certain level of education, um, an amount of influence or power or status. This is what we're after. We're we're seeking something. David says, "I earnestly seek you, O oh God. You are my number one priority. You can only earnestly seek one thing at a time." He's he's making God his number one priority. In another place, David says. Uh, I seek you with all my heart. This is Psalm 119. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Basically, David's saying, I, I'm seeking you with all my heart, and since I am, it reorders the way I live my life, and your commands give me the direction for my life. They help me with my decisions, deciding how I'm going to use my time and live my life. So, uh, seeking God and wanting to follow his commands goes together. That's that's what it means to, to follow him. Proverbs 28.5, evil men do not understand justice. Justice is what's right. They don't understand what is right. But those who seek the Lord understand it fully. So, here here's the point. If I make the Lord, if I make God my number one priority, then my understanding of what I should do right here and now clears up. It becomes much more clear. I, my judgment is vastly improved because I'm seeking him. Remember, I earnestly seek him early and diligently. I seek him at the beginning. So this, this is what David's been saying. Jesus said something very similar. And he tells us that God promises, Now we're going to look at the promise that's attached to this principle God promises to provide for those who seek Him first. Matthew six thirty-one through thirty-four says, "So do not worry." Literally, worry here. This was written in Greek. It means what divides or distracts the mind. When our mind is spinning, this is the picture. Our mind's spinning, and we're chasing like it's we're getting squirrely, <laughs> and thoughts are scampering all over the place like squirrels, and. They're, they're going all over the place because we're concerned about things and it's piling up. Jesus, in, a, in verse 27, right before he said this of that chapter, said that worry doesn't even add a second to your life. A single second. You cannot, by worrying, add one second to your day. But that's, that's what we do. So Jesus' conclusion, after he goes through some, some other points, he says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. Pagan just is someone who lives like God doesn't exist. That's what it means to be pagan. Um, that word run after, the pagans run after. That's our word seek. There it is. The, the pagans seek these things they intensely, earnestly, go after these things again and again. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well, will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Now, it's, it's good and prudent to plan for the future. And it can possibly be a part of the day's trouble to plan for the future. What Jesus is saying is the future shouldn't rattle us. We shouldn't let it rattle us. You know, it can rattle, don't let it rob you of what you need to focus on today. Someone said that most people are crucified between the regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow, and I think that's true. Don't, don't, don't let that happen. There, there's a way. God, God can give you the help. If the what-ifs are rattling you, what if this happened, what if that, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if and your mind is just racing, Pray and give your concerns to God. We're going to look at a plan for doing that on a daily basis in a moment. But give tomorrow. Give your concerns to God so you can focus today. Faith is a real key to getting settled so that you can focus on what you're doing today. Trusting God with it is very, very important. Uh, In in this passage, here's what Jesus is saying practically. This, This is what he's trying to communicate. Uh, when you are planning your life, you're looking at a year or maybe years or a month or a week or a day, God and his will for your life should be your number one priority. And this is what it means to follow Christ. This is what it means. If you decide to follow Christ, he becomes the first rock in the jar of your day of your week, of your month, of your year, and this is a choice to do what David did David's in the middle of the desert he's he's hot, and that 's why he probably talked about being thirsty. his soul was thirsty because he 's probably literally thirsty he's, he's in in the middle of the desert it's a choice to seek God first. we don 't do that naturally, but when we do, when I do, I have found. That God gives real help when I put him first and when I seek him at the beginning of the day it's much easier to say no to the things that are distracting me and yes to the things that I need to focus on this is the principle give him the first thought the first part of your day I don't when I do that I don't worry as much about fitting everything into my schedule and I don't freak out quite as much at the interruptions that come along. I, oh, I've really got to stop and deal with this. I, I don't because I'm trusting God to guide me to accomplish his purpose. I'm trusting him. And, and I'm in, I can calm down, calm myself, and deal with the flow of life, the flow of my day from a much better place. When I'm interrupted, I can trust him. That he will help me do what's needed. He knows what's coming. He knows what's going on in my day. And he's going to help. That's really the the context of what Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about worry when we're afraid that there's not going to be enough resource to, to do what we need to do. He's talking about both money and time. We get concerned there's not going to be enough time to accomplish what I need to do. And he says, you put God first, and it makes all the difference. If, if you do that, if you have a time during your day, like you, you get up in the morning and the first part of your morning, uh, during that, you get up a little earlier or whatever, and you spend time praying, talking to God, you know what I'm talking about. You, you know how it helps. And I'm not talking about just going through the motions, trying to be religious. I mean really handing over your day to God. And asking him to speak to you through the Bible, you know that's true. Martin Luther used to say, "Pray and let God worry." Of course, God's not worried; He doesn't sit there and wring His hands and fret. But you know, pray and leave it with Him. In fact, He used to, on His busiest days He would get up and spend more time praying, and because He knew this is He, he Himself understood this. He 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 got this as well. Um, this is a principle based on a promise that Jesus gave. And so I gave you, in your program, there's there's a little card, a third-page card, with a plan, a daily plan for your appointment with God. And if you don't have a plan for your appointment with God, or you don't have a consistent time that you spend with God, I want to encourage you to try this one out. I'm going to give you a next step in a little bit. You can try this out. Uh, daily this week but here's the plan this is roughly what i use every morning first thing i do is pray clear my mind pray throughout the day think about what's coming up the meetings the conversations maybe you're having lunch with a friend or you want to have an important conversation with somebody in the family pray through that ask god to use you i many times i ask god to help me be an encouragement to the people i'm going to be around that day pray through the day give your concerns to god then ask God for insight. Read. I would suggest just read a paragraph. Read a little bit of Scripture. A great place to start is the book of John in the New Testament, or Proverbs is a really good power pack place to start. Um, Romans is good. Um, Philippians is a good place. There, there's some, some good starting points. But start. Ask God to give you insight in what you're going to read. Read just a little bit. This, this can take ten minutes. It can take an hour. You, you can accordion it. If you're starting out, I'd suggest just start out with a little time and, and ask God to speak to you. Ask him for insight. Set yourself to obey him. Then read. Read through the passage once. If, if it's a longer passage, take note. Like if you're trying to read a past, past, uh, chapter, then write down the verse that speaks to you. Jot it down. and Then ask these questions which help you apply. Pray, read, and apply. We've got to make a bridge from the Bible passage, which is what I try to do here on Sunday mornings, but we've got to make a bridge from the passage we read to our lives today. These questions, Rick Warren came up with them. They're in a book called uh, Bible Study Methods by Rick Warren. These are, these are very helpful uh, just for helping us make that bridge. You ask yourself these questions. In, in this paragraph I read, is there a sin to confess? Is there a promise to claim? There's one in the passage we've been looking at. Is there an attitude to change? A command to obey? How am I going to obey that? Is there an example to follow, either a positive one to follow or a negative one to avoid? A prayer to pray back to God, an error to avoid, a truth to believe, something to praise or thank God for. Uh, Just ask those questions. And then as God speaks to you and you figure out how you're going to apply it, yield. Father, thank you for pointing this out, and I want to do Life your way. I want to follow through on this today, as as I live my day. So that that's you know a great plan that's been very very helpful to me, and I give it to you and encourage you to try it if you haven't. Uh, as we wrap up the message, we're going to take a little more time at this point than normal. But as we wrap it up, I want to give you some things to consider this morning as next steps that you can take. The way it works, if If you get into the Scripture, and that's why we have apply on this little card, Um, if you get into the Scripture and you set out to obey God, and you take a step of obedience, your understanding of life and God unfold. They they open up more and more. But you have to take the step. If you just read the Bible and check it out, and you don't do anything about it, uh, you don't really gain anything from that. Your understanding doesn't grow. But... It's key to, to step out and follow. So uh, we always have these next steps because that's, that's the, the case. Uh, today, my next step is to, this could be one of them, to memorize Matthew 6.33. Memorize that and remind yourself, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and claim the promise that God's given us there. Another step could be to start every day this week by seeking God first. And what I mean by that is at the beginning of the day, God, I'm going to give this day to you. I want you to be first. Pray through your day. Use this appointment. I, I would set a goal to use this plan or a plan that you have. If you're just starting out, pick a number. Three days, five days. I, when I'm starting out, on trying to build a new habit, and I say I'm going to do this every day for the rest of my life. As soon as I miss a day, I'm pounding myself into the ground. Oh, you blew it there. You'll never do it, you know. And so then I'm beating myself up, and I don't want to start again because I know I'm not going to do it for the rest of my life. I don't trust my – so anyway, set a goal. Sorry, I'm working some things out here. Okay? <laughs> but but pick a goal. But that's, that's your step, whatever your step is. I'm going to, you know – this week, I'm going to seek God first. I'm going to start building this habit. Jesus lived 33 years. He only did ministry for three years. And one guy I was reading this week pointed out, we're still quoting him. He, his 30 years, 33 years, he used very effectively. He made a difference with his life. And, and we have to, to understand. And here's the big idea today. When you put things in the right order of priority, then you have greater capacity for accomplishing the important things. This increases your productivity. And Jesus did this. Jesus put God first. It says in Mark 1.35, in the morning, he went out to a lonely place and there he prayed. He got time with God. In uh, Luke 5, it talks about how that was his habit to get time with God. He made God a priority and, and he made and and he used his time on earth well for a real purpose. Here's how he began the discussion that we've been looking at in Matthew 6, 31 through 34. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And this is the point he's trying to make. If you're going to get the most out of your time, out of the life God has given you, you have to decide what's going to master you. I'd like to just for fun look at a video clip out of Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. It, it gives the, Gordon Gecko, the main character, he, he's learned some things. He's learned some things about life. He spent some time in prison and he's trying to do life and he's learned at least one important thing. Let's look at what he's learned. What are you, some kind of energy freedom fighter? No, no Mr. Gecko, I'm in this game to make money like anybody else. So what about money, Jake? You like her? Do I like her? I've never, I've never thought about money as a sheep. Oh, she lies there in bed at night with you, looking at you, one eye open. Money never sleeps. And she's jealous. And if you don't pay close, close attention, you wake up in the morning, she might be gone forever. And I think you want to be in the family business, which is what? Payback. If I'm not in that business anymore, it's the one thing I learned in jail is that money is not the prime asset in life. Time is, and uh, your time is just about up. So there you go. <laughs> um, <clears throat> even Gordon Gecko is figuring some things out. Time is our most precious asset. That's true. Now, what God has done is He's given us time. Scripture, from the Bible's perspective, He's given us time. And in our time on earth, what He's hoping is that we'll seek Him and find Him and develop a friendship with Him. You and I, were seeking something first. If you wonder what that is, listen to what you're talking about. Look at your, your checkbook and see what you're giving your money to. Or look at your online statement, your online account. See what you're giving your money to. You and I are seeking something first. It's a certain level of income, specific level of status, clothing size, uh, a golf handicap, whatever it is. We're seeking something. And so here's the final step that I want to suggest to you this morning. For the first time, I want to make God the number one priority in my life. God, God's hoping that you'll seek him. The way God is, he doesn't force himself into the jar of your life. He's a gentleman. He will not force his way in. You and I have to choose to put him first. The promise is if you put him first, you seek him first, then he will give you enough. He'll give you enough time. He'll give you enough of the resources you need to accomplish what he wants you to do on the face of this, this earth. Here's a condensed version. I want to leave you with this. Here's a condensed version of what the Bible says is necessary to start a friendship with God and, and put him first and connect with him. Uh, this shows you and I why we need to make things right with him. Here it is. The Bible says that God loves you and I and he wants us to experience abundant or real life, just life to the full. But rather than turning to God, every one of us began to sin. That's what the Bible says, going our own way, trying to be our own boss. That's the definition of what it means to sin, living our life separate, uh, independent of God. The result of this is our separation from God. The Bible says that sin has cut us off from knowing God personally. So instead of experiencing the life and the freedom that God desires for us, people are dead spiritually, they're cut off from God, and actually in bondage to the enemy. To remedy the situation, God sent Jesus Christ, who died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sin, and he he was raised from the dead three days after he died. The Bible says that all people without Jesus are destined for hell, but those who repent, that literally means do a 180, repent, turn around, and yield their life to Jesus' boss, of their life will become the children of God and experience the life and freedom God desires for them. If you'd like to commit your life to follow Christ, maybe you've been investigating what that means and you're ready to do that, um, let us know on the connection card. We have a base camp coming up. that's an opportunity to look at the core Christian message, to ask questions about it, to get your questions answered, to find out what how do I connect with God? God's wanting that. How do I develop this friendship with God? Base camp's coming up on February 20th. The info's in the program. You can do that. There's also another uh, opportunity, a quiet time class will be coming up in in March, I believe, that you can plug into and find out more about how to how to spend time with God and use that appointment with him to the best. But that's those are the steps that we could take in response to the message this morning. Would you pray with me? Our Father, we thank you for the truth we find, in your word, and I thank you for for your faithfulness to keep your promises. God, as we make you first, as we give you the priority in our lives, you, you help us, you show us how to love our families, how to do well at work, how to really grow personally and make most of our time. Thank you, God, for your grace and just the fact that uh, You do cut us slack, and you draw us to yourself with your kindness. And I pray that you'd help all of us, Father, to focus on the most important things, to put you first and find the joy in that, God. We ask for this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.